Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Break free from the forces holding you back. Get the life you deserve. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, decrease depression, and start living your full potential. Thousands have used Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory, an evidence-based behavioral health breakthrough with incredible life-changing results. Getting rid of past trauma, having fulfilling relationships, increasing earnings, and living their best life. Now, the Fujian app is available to everyone. The app is Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory in the palm of your hand. Download the Fujian app today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice Podcast, a heartfelt chat with me, Dr. Fujian Zain. I'm a psychotherapist and author and the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. So nice to be with all of you today. Um, I usually talk about the books um, of the Awareness Integration Theory today. I'm so excited that I'm just going to jump in to because we have two amazing um, colleagues, uh, scholars, and authors that will be with us. So in this episode, I chat with Dr. Behnam Bakshande. Um, he is the founder and the president of Primeco Education, a coaching and consulting company, working with individuals, teams, and organizations on their personal and professional development since 1993. Dr. Bakshande has a PhD in workforce education and development with a concentration on organizational development and human resources development from the Pennsylvania State University and a master's degree in professional studies in organization development and change from Pennsylvania State University World Campus. He has co-authored and authored eight books in the areas of personal and professional development. And I am so honored to have Dr. William Rothwell with us. He is a distinguished professor at the Pennsylvania State University. He founded an online master's of professional studies in organizational development and change on uh, Penn State's world campus. He has um, chaired over 120 PhD committees on over, um, um, organizational development and related topics in the workforce education and development program. Department of Learning and Performance Systems, College of Education, the University Park Campus of Penn State. For nearly 15 years, he's worked as an internal consultant in government and then in a multinational company before he arrived as a tenured professor at Penn State in 1993. As an external consultant, his clients have included Motorola University China, Ford, General Motors, AARP, and many other amazing organizations. Is best known for applying organizational development to succession planning and talent management. Google Scholar Matrix reveals him, um, Dr. Rothwell's publications have been cited over 10,000 times to date and includes over 158 books, 300 articles, 198 book chapters, and 2,107 presentations. Amazing. So you can see why I am so excited. And today we'll be actually talking about their latest book, Transformational Coaching for Effective Leadership, Implementing Sustainable Change Through Shifting Paradigms. So subscribe to my podcast, to my YouTube channel. Um, just tell me what your interests are. Tell me about all that you desire and want and um, that I can offer. And I'm just excited to hear from you. And without further ado, I think you'll be excited as I am to hear Dr. Behnam Bachande and Dr. William Rapp. 
Well, hello, hello, hello. I am so excited to have both of you with me. I've had each one of you alone on a show, and now I get to have both of you. Uh, Dr. Behnam uh, Bakshande and Dr. William Rothwell. It is such an honor to have both of you back together. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. The reason that I have both of you together is that you've written another book together and more to come. But the book we're going to talk about today is Transformational Coaching for Effective Leadership. As I was going through the book, I was excited. It was it was funny, like this is a uh, this is a management book. This is implementing like sustainable change through shifting paradigms book. This is for organizations. But as I'm looking at it, I was getting accelerated about all of this. And what an amazing um, one thing that I've uh, really enjoyed about your books. It's systematic and yeah. it's almost like written um, in a language that captures a novice or a very seasoned person. So a novice could go through the structure and feel like, okay, I got a structure to work with. And then someone who is, um, you know, a leader and already is a seasoned person can get so much out of it. So first of all, I wanted to thank you and give you praise for the way that you are writing these books. Um, the um, So let's just kind of go forward and see what was it that the two of you decided to write this, uh, the book that, is about transformational coaching and bringing transformational coaching, which usually has been utilized in uh, elements of life coaching and personal business coaching into the organizational development. If you could share with that with us, and then we're gonna go through concepts of the book. Absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you for inviting us. It's always a pleasure to be on your shows. And today I have a special honor to be in the presence of Dr. Rodder also. We see each other a lot online, but not that much in person. So it's good to uh, have an opportunity to acknowledge my mentor, my coach, my business partner, Dr. Rodwell in this setting also. Uh, well, uh, since I finished my PhD program with Dr. Rodwell, I realized that coaching as a concept of uh, teaching being used in organization development. But, uh, and there is a, there is an element in organization development that they call transformational, mm -hmm. transformational learning. So we talk about how could we tie this together, especially as you know, Dr. Zain, the terminology of transformational coaching is applied on the regular life coaching a lot, which I assume many people really don't uh, understand the depth of it, which in the book uh, we talk about uh, how transformational coaching defined from different uh, element of uh, science, psychology, ontology, sociology, mindfulness, philosophy. They have different aspects of uh, uh, definitions for what transformation is. But given my background in the coaching for years and my research and study, we find this very attractive to, uh, as Dr. Rodwell always train us students to think about how you're gonna explain it to someone who have no idea what it is. So we always start, as you see, as we mentioned, systematically define the 
meaning of the words or sentence or where you can use it. A lot of academic backing, a lot of academic references, a lot of examples, day-to-day -day examples. Because bottom line, organization made by individuals, by people, and people get entangled with their psyches and make decisions and listen to their inner chatters and going left or right, and then they're blaming other people. So we can bring it together very similar to life coaching, but in getting in details of nuts and bolts of organizations. Dr. Rothman can speak more in detail about relevancy of it to the special OD practice. Please, Dr. Rothwell, could you please hear what was it about the transformational coaching that excited you to implement it within the organizational development? Well, I let me start by saying that in the world of change, which organization development is clearly part of that field of organizational change, we have different levels of change. So this has been well-researched and, and some theorists talk about alpha level change, beta level change, gamma level change, delta level change, and epsilon level change. You might say, what's the difference and why would we even care about different levels of change? Well, it can help in the sense that we know that a lot of change efforts fail. We know that organizationally about 70% of all company change efforts fail to achieve the targets that management had hoped to achieve from those change efforts. We also know at the individual level that a lot of individual psychological interventions fail to achieve results. You know, not all people who go into an alcohol abuse treatment program walk out fully cured. Not all the people that walk into a drug abuse treatment program walk out fully cured. A lot of individual change efforts targeted to people with different kinds of psychological challenges like abuse issues, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, gambling abuse, and so forth, most of those efforts end up failing. So what we're looking to achieve is a level of radical change in those cases. And that's very tough to bring off successfully. You know, our previous book was about uh, high-performance coaching for managers, and it was very much focused on methods that the manager could use to identify the root cause of problems with worker job performance, and then work with the worker and offer advice about how to solve those problems. Very much focused on the individual. But the term transformational change, as well as transformational coaching, have come up in recent years to talk about ways to bring about extreme levels of change. Uh, in the leadership realm, we talk about 
trans uh, transactional leaders and transformational leaders. And in the area of coaching, we talk about people who are transitional uh, coaches who help you make small incremental improvements in your personal behavior or in your job performance. But uh, when we talk about transformational change, we're talking about major change efforts. That's at the very top, like epsilon level change. It could mean break, learning to break all the rules that you thought were there that you didn't realize existed. You know, most people live according to a life script of some kind, and they keep telling themselves the same kind of stories about what will happen. For example, some people are very pessimistic. Whenever a decision is to be made, they will think the outcome of whatever decision they make will be terrible that there is no way for them to win. This is a script they may be telling themselves. And we have to work with people to overcome those life scripts. And that's particularly important when we reach certain stages of our lives. For example, retirement is a big shift for some people from one type of life, of work, to another kind of life, full-time relaxation or full-time relaxation with some work. So the question is, how do we envision that future world and our place in it? So this can exist at the company level, at the organizational level. It can exist at the department level, the division level, the team level or even the individual level. And so what are we telling ourselves and how can we change those life scripts that kind of drive our perceptions of what is going to happen? Uh, transformation. Um, I think that when you're looking at transformation, um, that is a word uh, that I think it needs to be uh, opened up because there's change, there's behavioral changes that can definitely happen. And um, like what you just said, Dr. Rothwell, a lot of times when people, whether in organizations or in their own personal life, they wanna change something, somehow they look at what it is they need to change, what outcome they want. They go through the behaviors of changing, but if something internally has not transformed, the changes sometimes are going to be very short term. And a lot of times what's inside comes up and sabotages again or takes them right back into the set point that they had. Um, and um, so there's a difference when we're talking about transformation versus just a change. So Dr. Bakshanda, can you share a little bit about us? Um, what is transformation? And how do you take the concept of transformation into coaching? And then Dr. Rothwell, if you could take that and see how the a concept of a transformational coaching is different than versus the conversations of just behavioral coaching or structural okay. uh, a change in the, into the organization. Dr. Bachchan. Okay. 
Absolutely. Well, transformation, the very common metaphor that people use on transformation is when a bug, a, a butterfly from a worm become a beautiful uh, butterfly. That's in chapter one of the book, actually, we talk about that very common metaphor, right? Which is bring us to so many different definition of transformation is uh, exist. If you Google it from different dictionaries, from Merriam Webster's to Oxford or Cambridge, everybody define it differently. But from the point of view of psychology, tra transformation is when you're working on your mindset, on your psyche of what caused you making decisions in life. And what kind of psyche holding this decision in place? So there is no one common standard approach when we are working with someone on transformational coaching. But a step by step, a, a very trained and very seasoned coach can get to that layers of decisions through the years that somebody made decisions, you know better than me or some, your psychologist yourself, and how these decisions impacted their moment, their presence, and what they do. Uh, if you uh, notice in the book, we talk about a particular coaching model to approach. But when we did our research, we realized there are several approaches that they use transformational coaching from different angles. So in the I, if I'm not mistaken, in chapter eight of the book, we talk about this model we design called transformation, integration, transformational coaching, which is kind of built by five different approach of coaching, right? One of them obviously is psycho psychology, the positive Ooh. psychology, which is very common, is very uh, useful, is very impactful that psychologists work on the positive aspects of life or positive aspects of experience versus or oh, something's wrong with me or something's lacking with me or I can't do. So that's one approach that we are getting in. Another approach in that integration is ontological coaching. Who you are being when you're making decisions. What is this history of you decide who you are being? I'm good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm smart enough, I'm not smart enough is examples of it. Another one is a strength-based coaching. That's in the last two decades, a strength-based coaching developed a lot that coaches find in what are your strengths are. The most famous analysis is a SWOT analysis for strength basis. What is your strength? What is your weakness? That is another approach that comes to this mix. Another one is emotional intelligence or EQ. Because as you know, these days, corporates really don't care as much about IQ versus EQ because they realize in interaction between people in business, having emotional intelligence is a key, is critical to building relationship and sustain relationship between the workers and managers, between managers and executives. And come into it is inter, 
uh, internal relationships and intra uh, scales of relationships. And the last one is approach, appreciative inquiry, which one of the models of organization development, one is action research model, another one is appreciative inquiry, that again, appreciative inquiry is the closest to a strength-based coaching. So there's a lot to speak about, but yes. I hope I answered your question. Yes, and I appreciated that you actually did uh, mention the awareness integration theory in the concept of the human interaction and uh, yes. that it does have emotional intelligence and the cognitive aspect of being in there. So thank you for also adding that. Um, Dr. Rothwell, when you, you know, with so many years of experience in organizational development, you've seen so many different tracks and methodologies come through. Um, why do you think that transformational coaching would benefit someone in an organization uh, more than the other approaches that were talked about uh, because of it being uh, the, the system that Dr. Bashan just explained? Well, um, in the modern business world, we see companies faced with sudden unexpected challenges that often they have no historical basis for dealing with. A good example of that was, of course, the pandemic. And no manager went through a business school program that prepared them to deal with that and the impact it had on every aspect of business. And so the pandemic alone was a external event that created forced transformation for many leaders, for many organizations, for many processes and organizations. They had to fundamentally reinvent every way they did their business to move from the assumption that we would do business face-to-face -to, -face to, in many cases, an assumption that we would do things remotely. And it also had impact on how we would do things like our manufacturing process. We used to think it was easy to have supply chains that involved uh, shipping a lot of things from China or from other countries. And we quickly discovered after there were 1,500 ships sitting offshore of San Francisco and could not achieve entry into the U.S. because of the pandemic restrictions, that maybe supply chains were more fragile than people realize. The whole point of transformational change is to fundamentally rethink what we're doing, how we're doing it, and here's the key thing, what kind of human beings we need to be in order to make those kind of radical changes. So transformational coaching is really about helping people cope with or even anticipate major life changes, major work changes, major corporate culture changes that the business has to make either because of a need created by the forces imposed on them from outside, like the pandemic, or 
the radical vision of a transformational leader who has a completely different idea about how to do business in our particular industry and in our particular uh, area of work. So, you know, years ago, Marcus Buckingham wrote a book, First Break All the Rules was the title of that. And it was all about the fact that a transformational leader is one who comes along and and knocks down every sacred cow and idol there is in the industry and uses that to competitive advantage, uses it for a reason to get their organization to be more successful. And the same logic applies with a transformational coach. The goal of a transformational coach is to help people make those kind of transitions into the person they were before to the person that they could become if they build on their strengths or they overcome their greatest personal weaknesses. And that's what it's all about. So in a company sense, we're also talking about how to quickly make radical corporate culture changes. And this is one of the frustrations we hear from CEOs in virtually every industry. How long does it take to bring about a major corporate culture change? Well, a lot of CEOs who have never been trained on change management or on organization development think that all they got to do is snap their fingers and wave a magic wand and everything will be magically changed. And the, instead, the research shows that the average length of time it takes in a multinational company to make a global change in corporate culture is between four years and six years. And yet, globally, the average tenure of a CEO in their job is between 19 months and 27 months in the job. So you can see this big disconnect between the length of time leaders are in their jobs and the length of time it takes to make a revolutionary change in the way we go about doing business in a company the size of, say, Coca-Cola or Pepsi-Cola or Philips or any of the big multinational companies. And this is a source of frustration for many managers. If you ask them, what is your biggest challenge? The Very often their answer will be changing the corporate culture. And they make that sound like that's easy, when in fact, trying to make that change is usually a transformational change that make that leads to major upheavals and includes major changes in who they have to be as human beings to bring about those changes. And that's what we're talking about, is and those kind of transformational radical change and helping people make those radical changes. And it seems like it's inevitable at this point, because as I work with a lot of um, the 
let's say um, younger kids who are um, either in um, high school starting to work in corporations, like you know, many of them at, at the beginning, they start working in McDonald's or, or Starbucks or any of those companies, which are multinational um, and into global uh, corporations. And we could also see the essence of somebody um, coming to terms the first time they come in as an employee into a corporation, into their work um, arena of their life. And the same way as we as therapists and family therapists, we talk about how the concept of a, you know parents and then their children grow in this parental style. And um, that's their experience. That's how, for example, they create all the stories that you talked about and they learn coping mechanism. They learn how to survive their parents or how to flourish under the you know experience of of that family system which they would go on to their relationships with their parent and their children and their marriages i could see exactly the same thing that at the beginning each individual as they enter the corporate world they also have an experience in this culture and they have to learn how to survive it or cope with it or flourish in it and many people, unfortunately, they just learn how to survive it. And they'll come up with different types of these. And they'll go from corporations to corporation. And they utilize the same techniques of survival from one to another, right? Uh, they have to get fired a couple of times. They have to be de demoted a couple of times. Then they have to get you know, promoted. And then by the time they figure out one system corporation, systems of corporations due to technology and business practices changes, right? Like when we people were in banking industry, they were customer service. And then suddenly the banking industry decided they're no longer customer service, they're now sales oriented. So every single person, even 20 year old, which was gonna just come in for their first job, now they were told that they had to sell, 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 you know, or they will be fired. So you could see all uh, the co corporate culture also, uh, creates our career, who we are being in our career, the same way who you are, the concept of your parent creates who you are in relationships and your marriages and your parenthood and all of that. The corporate culture also creates who we are in the world of our businesses, finances, career, which is so important. I mean, we spend between eight hours to 10 to 12 hours in, you know, in our work environment. So it is so important what the two of you are doing and bringing this concept of looking at who, um, who am I being as an employee, as a manager, mid-manager, executive, and the CEOs and executives, who be, uh, you know, who can they be and then what they can they create as a responsibility. It's amazing how the, the world is changing where young people are no longer want to go and study, no longer even want to work. They're willing to, you know, to live in their vans and not even handle corporate world. They're like, this game, it is so nasty. Mm. And it's sad. It's so sad to see that, the you know, the world is being run by corporations, but their best assets are running away from them. Yes, so I love it that the two of you are bringing this concept of transformation into it. Dr. Bakshanda, I really would like to, for you to also explain the distinct difference between transactional versus transformational, which you also put, put into your book, yes. when, how, how corporations are, are transactional and how could they become transformational? 
Yes, most of the coachings uh, that been used in corporate level is transactional coaching. And by definition is when the transformation is not necessity, necessity of the outcome. It means they don't dig into what who you are being psychologically, ontologically. They just, uh, we, we call it, uh, uh, there's a word for it, the strategize and action. That is transactional coaching. Strategize, look at your options and actions, right? Versus when you are strategizing, what is the source of your strategy? Where are you looking at to strategize, right? So on transactional coaching, uh, the coach or the manager is really not digging into the mind, mind shift and mindfulness of a person who is being coached. Literally, they are okay with you come with some action plans and there is no that much depth of commitment to the outcome of that action plan. But transformational coaching, working on the shifting the mindset through the psyche, recognizing the psyche of that person, looking at all the elements of decision-making that brought you here and what is the source of your actions? What is the source of your upset? What is the source of your resentful resentment? Where are you going in the future of this organization? And why are you going there? And then what is your actions to get there? At first you, and then what you do. So there's a, there is a gap. However, on the both cases on transactional coaching or transformational coaching, both coaches working on mindset, working on actions and working on planning the actions. However, one is not forceful, is not forcing the depth of the inquiry and the transformational coaching is really getting to mindset and mind shifting the mindset. Beautiful. Uh, Dr. Rothwell, when you, based on some of the conversation that I was having as a young person who's coming in and obviously corporations are always looking um, not only to enhance what they do based on the people who they bring into their team. Um, and you have um, um, a specific chapter about talent development and how transformational coaching can actually develop their talent to, uh, you know, instead of just surviving the company, to be able to flourish, to be able to bring their talent, to be able to even find their talent within the context of a corporation and, and just, um, you know, not only flourish for themselves, but to bring that as a whole to the company. Yeah, you're right. And one of the key things that I have written about is that there tends to be thinking in the corporate world that when we deal with talent development questions and specifically the heart of the whole succession planning and talent development area is how do we know someone is suitable for promotion? And of course, there's more than one way to think about promotion. I'm, I'm quick to add that. Most people think there's only one way, which is to jump levels on the organization chart move from supervisor to manager to executive. But in many companies today, they have dual or even triple career ladders where there are multiple ways to get a promotion. 
And a second way, of course, is to increase your technical expertise and become more of an expert in your particular area of specialization. Let's say you're an engineer, you can go from engineer one to engineer two to engineer three to engineer four. And each of those levels represents a real difference in level of knowledge, level of skill, level of ability. But the kind of human being that you need to be to move from one level on the organization chart or from one level of technical ability to a higher level of technical skill means that you have to be a different kind of person. And this is the complaint I have with many companies and the way they handle promotion decisions. They look at promotions as a reward for past performance. You are a great supervisor, so now we're going to make you a manager. You are a great manager, now we're going to make you an executive. And they treat promotions not as a business decision that must be made based on your skills, knowledge, and your ability to do the job at that next higher level. Instead, they look at a promotion as a reward for your loyalty or long service. And they assume that if you did a good job at one level on the organization chart, or at one level of technical ability, you are guaranteed to do a good job at the next higher level of responsibility or at the next higher level of technical ability. I don't believe that is true. I believe we have to assess the person against the requirements at higher levels, either of responsibility, people management, or at higher levels of technical skill. And that means we need transformational coaching in order to help people prepare themselves for a move from one kind of job with one set of challenges to a different kind of job at a higher level of responsibility or technical skill. And it simply requires different personal characteristics to be successful. So that's one point about talent development and how transformational coaching can be helpful. I think there is another one, which is that today we see evidence that some companies don't wanna spend money on succession planning. They don't wanna spend money on talent development. So what they do is not recruit from the outside, which could be an alternative, but instead, they go ahead and promote people that they know are not ready for the promotion. And then they give them a coach to help them make the transition from one level of work and one level of responsibility or one level of technical skill to a different higher level of responsibility, a different higher level of technical skill. In other words, you could say transformational coaching could be an alternative to succession planning or to talent development. 
an alternative strategy for developing people instead of assessing them and getting them prepared for a promotion we go ahead and promote them and then coach them through making that change that has both personal and job-related challenges involved. Interesting, because uh, one of the, uh, let's say, a comedy jokes that is involved, everybody says when you're being asked to get promoted, uh, make sure that this is not actually your termination slip. Exactly, because of what you said, many people are just promoted without the help. And what you're sharing is that they can bring people who already know the culture and know the company and not ready necessarily for the next level, but create readiness for them because of the way that the coaching can help them versus just put them in there and hope they'll, they'll catch it. They won't. And then uh, they will fail. And so will the company, in a sense, will fail with it. Transformational coaching for effective leadership, implementing sustainable change through shifting paradigms by Dr. Behnam Makshande, Dr. William Rothwell, Dr. Um, Sohel uh, Imroz, and um, Farhan Sadiq. Um, I also saw that Dr. Uh, Imroz um, seems that he is the um, kind of uh, the expert in the human resources and HR. And it's um, interesting how to um, I'm sensing that what your book is really offering, not and not it's all offering um, a way of doing this transformational coaching in all levels, not only from CEOs, executives to mid management to HR, oh, yeah. and and how they they're actually recruit and how does this coaching uh, complete? So when we're talking about uh, a transformational coaching, again, many people. Uh, as probably listening or viewing guys have heard the word coaching in a world of one-to-one. -one. It seems mm. like two people are sitting here and they're working. The coach is working on the coachee, uh, mm. the, you know, the mentee. And that's what's happening. Now, your book beautifully sets up how this structure is, it can be, then it's done in different layers on, yes. of, uh, of a corporation. So can you uh, share with us how do you take transformational coaching, uh, which is regarded in one-on-one, -on -one, and bring it into the uh, different layers? Because obviously, as you both said, in order to shift the culture, um, a culture happens in all, all the dimensions. And although it might be like, we're going to deal with one dimension and then the next, and obviously the leadership has to be uh, enrolled in this and start planning it before it can go into all the dimensions. But how would an um, organization, if a CEO is listening to us and is really wanting to buy your book, uh, yeah. how would how would you share with us and how does it transformational coaching transfer itself into the development of the transformational uh, culture? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, obviously the common understanding of the coaching is a one-on-one -on, -one on the personal level, right? However, in, uh, which is applicable in transformational coaching one-on-one -on -one also, even with the CEO as an executive coaching, one-on-one, -on -one, right? Then imagine bringing it to a group and you want to bring it to organization. So a structure would be different. If you're talking to executive, like for example, four months engagement, 12 to 16 hours one-on-one -on -one work, perfect. 
but you bring in the rest of senior manager, for example, now you can do it in person if you are local with the company, or you can do it through video conferencing uh, uh, application, which is Zoom or GoToMeeting or many other, other available platforms. But the, the, the structure will be different. So you add in some one on some, one on group Zoom call, for example, then you have to give them some structure to do some research, do some work together. You create a peer coaching with them. You put two of them together or three of them together to coach one another and support one another. This way you spread the word through the department. Now is the time to bring other managers, junior managers, uh, frontline managers, supervisors, the same concept with the same structure. As a matter of fact, I am doing similar thing now with a company in uh, uh, Washington that we do calls, group calls with all these managers every other week, working on transformational coaching, coaching them through what executives and managers will manage the outcome. You might not be involved directly with everybody one-on-one, -on -one, but you managing the spread of the concept and give them material for support, and then you bring them back and re review with them what they learn, what they learn from their peer coachings, what they learn from the supportive document. Obviously, it would take more time. One-on-one -on -one executive coaching, 12 hours, 16 hour engagement in a four months is over. But this kind of a structure to bring the work to the department or entire organization, especially with the multi-locations, almost take nine months to 16, even 24 months work. But the concept and the principles are the same. So we bring it to the top layers and then it kind of domino effects and sprinkles throughout the whole company. Obviously, obviously we need buy-in of executives to approve the budget, time, money, engagement, right? So if they see the benefit of it for themselves personally, right? Obviously we can give them references, we can give them referrals and checking. But imagine you're working with a CFO that the light goes on suddenly. That CFO is gonna be your champion in a meeting with the executives, okay, we have this budget, we can spend it. So unfortunately, there is a discrepancy here because the foundation of organization development is bottom up. But to get the senior buy-in, you have to start from top and then a little bit when the top get enrolled and saw the possibility, explain why we have to go bottom up. So is the two-edged sword either way. And somehow, as you're talking, I'm also hearing um, not not only bottom up. I'm also seeing it like two groups uh, equally uh, creating this because the the bottom the bottom has to accept it and do it and implement it every day, but the top has to create the contextual aspect 
for the bottom to even be able to flourish and do that. Support, supporting them, really patiently supporting them, yes. Exactly, because the group can do something and their management can sabotage them. And because they are the authority, they have the right of the authority to not allow that to happen. So I can see this, how it um, it equals back and forth together and such a, such a great job. Um, anything we haven't... Uh, checked on or shared uh, Dr. Rothwell that you want to add to our conversation and getting to complete the conversation. Funny you should ask. I want to hitchhike on what Venom was talking about. In the organization development field, there has long been the challenge of how to speed up a company-wide change process. How can we help an organization change faster? And that led to the introduction of a new approach that uh, is called whole system transformational change. And sometimes that, if the product of that turns into one of two approaches, the whole system transformation conference or the appreciative inquiry summit. And they're basically the same thing, but they focus on a different issue. A whole system transformational conference, we shut down the whole company for a day or up to four days, and we basically retool the entire corporate culture. And this has actually been done globally on every continent except Antarctica. We've had people in India, in China, in the U.S., in Europe, in Africa go through these large-scale, which are they're sometimes called large-scale group events. And during that large-scale event, you basically reinvent the corporate culture, and we and you do that to try to bring about faster more radical change. That's why it's called transformational conference. So the first company that did this was Ford Motor Company in 1980, when they were about to go bankrupt for the first time. They shut down Ford Motor Company worldwide and went through a conference where they had 2,000 senior executives from all over the world under one roof. And in four days, they reinvented Ford Motor Company. And then those 2,000 executives all left the conference, went back to their home countries and locations, and implemented the change. And that saved Ford. And that has been done in many countries, many places. So we can use transformational coaching today in those kind of whole system transformational events where we bring together a lot of key decision makers. And we can even do this with technology. So we can bring together a global audience online. Several years ago, I wrote a book and published it on virtual group coaching to improve group relationships. And that was all that came out in 2020 during the pandemic when everybody was forced to use Zoom. I was talking about how we could use technology to leverage building 
community of people and make transformational change happen through those platforms. And we can do the same thing. It's basically transformational coaching online. And that's really what Benham was talking about. So that's uh, another angle about how we go through this kind of transformational coaching. Beautiful. Transformational coaching for effective leadership, implementing sustainable change through shifting paradigm. Um, we just uh, we need to complete because there's so much to say and I want to have another hour and hour and hour. Um, how could they find your book? How could they find the two of you? Uh, they can find me and Dr. Rodwell. We literally Google the name. <laughs> it's simply yeah, pop Google up. the name. Yeah. And then uh, the book is available in Amazon and many other platforms, including Taylor and Francis, the publisher itself. And uh, it's not that hard to find. As soon as you type the name, it will pop out. And I just want to thank you from behalf of all three of us, including Dr. Ambrose, which was so regretfully could not participate. He had to teach the class in, in university. So I am grateful, uh, Dr. Zain, for your friendship always, for your support always. Me too. And for everything that you taught me in psychology, I'm still using them. And hopefully see you soon. Absolutely. Yes. Dr. Rothwell. Thank you so much. We very much enjoyed today's conversation and much appreciate uh, you hosting this. Thank you. I always learn a lot from the two of you. I'm, um, I'm Every time, again, I look at uh, some of your books, it's uh, so full. It's so rich. And it, it almost gives the person who's reading it, for me at least, it has this experience that, oh, thank you. I got this. And it's like, I can just put this, it's a manual and I can do this. It really gives that feeling. You know, sometimes you read the books and you're like, huh? Okay, I got it, but how do I do this? And yours is so great that it brings the philosophical aspects, it brings the knowledge, it brings the research and it brings the how-to and the action plan all in like a, a holistic concept and just offers it to the person who's reading it and who can really go and implement it. Thank you for the time that the two of you have taken to be with me and for all of you who are out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until Thank next you. week, bye-bye. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's awareness integration theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today.